Nice to be here again. This is episode two of the Big Footy Blues podcast for 2015. No fancy intros this week. The boys are back in town, so no mucking around. I'm ODN and welcome Shandog, Happy Dude and HBF. How are we G'day. guys? Hey, good, good. Evening, uh, everybody. Uh, it's uh, it's an estrogen-free zone and uh, I think somebody better edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No chance. <laughs> Hey, leave that in there. That's not <laughs> Guys, going anywhere. <laughs> a couple of weeks since our last, uh, we last saw the Blue Boys in action, and uh, we're playing again this weekend. But um, let's, um, before we uh, start talking about the footy, um, let's look at uh, a little bit of Blues news. So, last time we were on, we were, I think the rumour had just broken, uh, and some news had just broken about Shane Rogers quitting the club. Uh, We weren't really sure about the ins and outs and whether it was true or not. And uh, uh, indeed, he has quit the club, and um, the club says they're not in any hurry to replace him. So, it seems that we're going, basically, going to be heading towards the next draft without a head recruiter. Um, A a little bit odd, but um, obviously... They're looking at Steve Silvani and rumours that we'll get somebody else in next year. I like that description. It's a little bit odd. It's <laughs> be quite strange to go into a draft without a recruiter. Mm. Oh, well, you know, we've got we've got a couple of couple under him, but um, and it, I mean, one of them particularly is rated pretty highly from what I hear. But um, Michael Jordan, what can he do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, in uh, rumours that we were also looking at uh, uh, another recruiter that uh, used to work with Sauce at uh, GWS. Yeah, that was an interesting one, actually. Mm. Look, I, yeah. I, I think Sauce pretty much looked after GWS's recruiting um, whilst he was there, um, and Ivan Ivan saw him at you know under eighteen championships last year. So, I mean, the guy gets out and has a look. So, if it means we go to the draft in November with um, you know with Sauce reading out the names and I don't necessarily have an issue with that. I'd, I'd actually rather us, if we are going to replace Shane Rogers, go out and actually find the, the best person available, not just replace him just for replacing him's sake, I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you, HBF. Um, like, take time to replace him if we're going to, you know, find the right person for the job. We need to go through the right channels and, um, yeah, really look for the best person available. Uh, if Sauce is getting out there and having a look, it's better than just going in blind and uh, just, like, scrambling to try and find someone. But I was uh, starting to enjoy Rogers in his role, and I'm a bit sad to see him go, to be honest. With From the outside looking in, as uh, ODN said, it's a bit odd. Um, I can't make sense of it yet, but I guess we'll see how it goes from here. Is it purely just a matter of um, 
him not liking the new reporting structure, or do we think that that's uh, we know that our, our our presidente is a good friend of Sos? Do we think that might have been the grand plan all along? It's hard to know. I mean, there was talk last year when we were trying to poach Graham Wright that Shane Rogers wasn't happy. So I'm just wondering if it's if it's that, and then him having to report to Silvani has sort of been the the straw that broke the camel's back. So look, it could just it really could have just been a few things that just built up. Maybe he's been offered a a role somewhere else. It's a bit more appealing. He has more say. I, I don't know. It's I, from my opinion, I think just from the outside looking in, I think it's just been a, a few things that have built up and he's decided to pull the pin before the season starts. Mm. Um, in other news, Carlton have gone to the AFL to ask for uh, an advance on their pocket money for this year. Um, <laughs> seems, uh, as, as is usually the case, our membership is running a little bit slow and uh, you know way behind where we'd expect it to be. And um, as, a, as a result, our cash flow isn't looking so hot. Yeah, I heard we promised to do the uh, the dishes for a week um, to get the extra money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'd like to know um, what actually happens with that money or what what that's going to achieve because I don't remember reading too much about details. Um, does anyone have a, any idea what that actually means to get the extra cash and try and sell well, more it, memberships with it or something? Or I don't know whether it's to boost our membership department or just for day-to-day running because uh, our cash flow is down until we... Um, because uh, we haven't got that early season revenue we'd expect, um, which which is a is a real concern. But yeah. um, uh, Stephen Treg's been pretty upfront and honest about it. Um, he said uh, the, the last month or two of last year um, we were understaffed in our membership department and calls were going in unanswered. Um, it's nothing that uh, fans around the big footy board don't already know about. Um, that's been there've been complaints about that for a while, but um, uh, I don't know. Whether Trigg, uh, when he came on in August, should have um, sort of, you know, realised whether the staffing was adequate or not. Um, you know, he's only, he's only fresh; you can't really blame him. But maybe it's maybe it's something that um, they should have picked up a little bit earlier because um, it's 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 been a bit of a shamozzle. And you were just talking about doing the dishes for extra cash. I'm thinking that we might have to take out the trash for uh, for that extra cash. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's been good is that following the membership thread um, on our board that the numbers do seem like they're starting to pick up a bit. I'm not not sure if we're ahead of last year or not, but I think every time I seem to take some notice of it, we're you know we're we're making some ground and closing in on 40,000 members. So hopefully that revenue um, will start to increase. And I think I've already posted we've got you know three pretty big games in the first five weeks of the season so you know if we can get some big attendances there I'm just hoping that we can you know get that revenue in and we don't have to go cap in hand to the AFL next year it's a little embarrassing that we're one of the biggest clubs in town and you know we're walking around with our hands out so um, our, our membership revenue is still pretty good though isn't it usually um, it so, is I mean, yeah. it's usually a dollar figure so I'm not sure why we're short because our revenue uh, we 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 basically charge more for our memberships than a lot of other clubs do. Um, now, whether we should be lowering the price and hope to get more members in and uh, connect with more grassroots supporters, um, that's that's another issue. But that's the way I think we should probably go, make it more affordable, um, and um, and hope we get a um, get more 
fans and through the door. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think just, I think um, Shan Dog would probably be better place to answer this than me. But I think like interstate members as well, oh, and yourself, ADN, um, you guys don't get a lot of value for money either. So I'm just wondering if, um, you know, if the interstate memberships have fallen off the fallen off the pace as well, particularly that there's no games in Adelaide this year. Well, that makes it hard. Yeah, it makes it hard to justify the cash for people from Adelaide. And, and um, talking with uh, the Wookie as well, he's saying how he knows people who didn't uh, didn't want to or, or have decided not to renew. I think um, the interstate membership because it was kind of a, they felt they were, they were being snubbed, I guess, and didn't want to pony up the cash. Um, I think compared to last year, and this is just going off the top of my head, that the interstate membership is a little bit cheaper than it was, uh, sorry, it's a little bit cheaper this year than it was last year. So I didn't really have a problem going for it. I really just spent 80 or 90 bucks on a lanyard, I guess, but, you know. Jeez. It's, it's very pretty. Um, <laughs> it's quite useful for me at work, but, uh, yeah, I can understand people who, um, especially from Adelaide who don't get to see a game unless unless we travel over to Melbourne or something, not wanting to pay extra. Just just as a thought off off the top of my head, say say we we use this year as an example. We've got no games in Adelaide, but we've got two games in Perth. I'm just wondering if the club could maybe, you know, sting the... Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say sting. Charge the... um, Charge the Perth or Western Australian members a little bit more and then charge the... South Australian members a little bit less because clearly they've got no games to go to versus two games in Perth. So I'm just you know throwing it out there, wondering if that would be something the club might consider, or what do you boys think? Well, the games, the away games aren't part of the memberships anymore anyway. You've got to you've got to pay again for the ticket um, anyway. So I'm not sure that that would yeah, really yeah. work. They, they don't really get an advantage by being they a get, membership. They, they, they used they yeah. play in town these days. They used to oh, a couple okay. of years ago. We used to get access yeah. to um, home or away games. Yeah. Uh, and now they're just home games. So um, as far as I'm aware, as far as I... Certainly up in Queensland here, where um, I'd have to pay for my tickets aside from my okay. membership. Yeah. So, oh, they, they really got pushed aside, I feel, the interstaters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think we might have missed, them, missed an opportunity and with a lack of forward thinking as far as... Um, uh, international memberships. We've got three three Irish boys on our side now. Uh, there's a fair bit of interest. They do get reported on in, um, over in the over in the Irish news, and um, there are the occasional uh, even posters coming on Big Footy from Ireland, sort of following their progress. If it's something that they could have done a little bit of, uh, I don't know, it just sounded out. You wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't sell an awful lot, but um, they get a little bit tribal over there in those little hometowns of you know um, in the sort of game of football communities and stuff like that. I could imagine uh, a couple of Carlton being a sort of a favourite AFL side for um, some of those Irish communities. It's, it's it's just a little little thinking outside the box. Yeah, it's really interesting too. And I'm not sure whether it was an article from the AFL website, I think it's ringing a bell, that I read just recently that was talking about how, it might have been even Wikipedia, I was looking at something. Um, there's actually more people who view... AFL on a at least a semi-regular basis in the USA than there is in Australia, just because of their sheer numbers. They have up to 10 million people who like to watch AFL. I can't remember hearing a single thing about membership that we might be doing overseas, and that's, that's another sort of aspect of it that we could look at, I suppose. Yeah, and there's um, well, there's a couple of uh, Americans in the AFL at the moment, but none with us. So uh, I think Hilda's got one, Jason Holmes, I think. Um, 
and uh, I think Collingwood might have one, but um, but um, so you know maybe we should recruit an American just to tap into that. Uh, maybe we should maybe we should recruit a, chi- a Chinese guy. With, <laughs> with, yeah. with um, with, suddenly with, 300 million members. <laughs> with, with the international memberships, I'm not sure because obviously I don't live overseas. Uh, what the AFL offers in range of coverage of games and stuff online? Because um, being an international fan of the NFL. Um, I know that I get to buy the Game Pass and watch all the games and all that. And if there was a membership package for me to follow the team that I like, I would sign up for that. So, like, I feel as an American that would be watching the AFL, we can offer that sort of package to them. We would get support, um, like, a decent amount of support from the Americans. Yeah, it's yeah. a good idea, I think, to look at. That sure. is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because um, with, uh, with the, the Game Pass that I buy, I can either pay a larger fee and get every game of the home and away season or just a smaller fee and only watch my team's games and talk shows involving my team. Um, If the AFL's doing something similar to that um, and then Carlton could then offer some sort of membership package with a little bit of merchandise to go along with it, maybe even tie it in with, um, like, work out something with AFL, all teams could tie it in with your little game pass or whatever and then, like, international membership could become a real thing for the AFL. So if you're listening, Triggy, give us a call. We've got some good (laughs) ideas. (laughs) Yeah, they also, a recent article also brought up um, Trick sort of conceding there's a little bit of disconnect between the club and the fans. Um, do, do you guys see where the disconnect is, or are we all diehards anyway, so we just we support regardless of whether they're sort of, you know, contacting us and wooing us, or do you, do you know where the disconnect is? I, I, I see there's a bit of a, a disconnect. Um, I observe it between, um, like, just basic things where you go out and you see a lot of other support for other clubs on people's cars and just sort of things like that, and everyone else seems to feel that more involved than what um, I see other Carlton supporters that aren't as diehard as what I am. And the club's not really doing anything to bring them in. That's where I feel there's a bit of the disconnect, is we're happy to have non-members buy tickets to games. I, I think where I see it is... Um, when we had the intra-club um, game a few weeks ago, and they held it on a, they held it at four o'clock on a Friday, which for probably about ninety-five percent of the population is very difficult to to get there with with work. Um, I don't know why they couldn't have started it at like five thirty. I mean, daylight savings, so clearly there's no issue with with light. Started it at five thirty. Um, I know I would have gone in straight after work um, as it stood. I, I didn't get a chance to go in. And then the following morning when they had the, the skills clinic or something, you know, they started it at like something like 8.30 or 9 o'clock, whatever it was. And, you know, most people, again, have, have got commitments with their family. I just I just see that as like just the perfect example of how sort of removed the club are from the, the common fan. It's just... Yeah, Maybe we couldn't afford the overtime on Friday for the staff. <laughs> is, that, is that different to the way other clubs were running their um, their intra-club well, games? Well, Mebby told me that um, because her best friend is an Essence supporter, they went out a couple of years ago and, and they did... I think they had an intra-club at like 6.30 or something like that on a Friday, so it was much easier for their supporters to get there and apparently they made it like a big sort of carnival as well, so... You know, whilst we all hate Essendon, um, you know, even just in, even just that, you know, Carlton are just being left behind with the way they engage their supporters. So, um, yeah. I, I just I just think they make it really hard for for us to 
you know, love our club. Um, is, is it true that Essendon had their intra-club uh, a little bit later this year again too, but this time it was just so they can um, introduce themselves? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think the club just needs to, um, when it comes to everything, intra-club stuff, um, functions or, or whatever, just, just approach every single thing with a mindset of, again, how can we best include the members in this? It'll probably fix things in the long term if they do that. Is it purely a matter of getting rid of those that appear to be running the club from the sidelines so that people feel that uh, we are the ones supporting the club and we're the ones that are valued because, you know, without us, they would fold? Is the perception that if we've got power brokers... Oh, look, they're not. I'd say bankrolling, but they're not bankrolling us. They're drip feeding us. Um, if 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 the perception that they they are there, they don't really need need us. Is that seems to be coming through very strongly on the, on the big footy boards. Yeah, I reckon they've got they've got a war to fight on two fronts really, and that's um, trying to win back the trust and faith of those diehard members who do almost sign up religiously and care about the club as much as we all do and then they've, they've also got to try and draw in those sort of more fringe supporters you know the people who have always been supporters watch Carlton like Carlton but don't necessarily pony up with memberships and things like that yeah it's interesting because uh, you know there is a school of thought that we lost a whole generation of supporters back in 2002 when we received our penalties um, and um, you know once we started three uh, three wooden spoons uh, over those five seasons um you know, a lot of you wouldn't have found a lot of kids taking up Carlton as a as, as a passion. Um, so that's maybe starting to be borne out now as those kids from back then are old enough to start, um, you know, getting memberships and whatnot. And we might we might be missing might have to might have a sizable hole to fill from that uh, from that time. Premiership Cup might do that. Uh, indeed. Indeed, uh, although it didn't work for North Melbourne. <laughs> I don't think anything will ever work for North Melbourne. <laughs> All right, um, let's have a look at uh, Weekend Wake. This is the Weekend Wake. Um, so it wasn't last weekend. It was uh, it was the weekend before, two Fridays ago uh, in Mandura. Carlton went down to the West Coast Eagles by 31 points. Uh, West Coast one super goal, nine goals, 15, 78. Feet of Carlton two super goals, four goals, five, 47. Um, goals to West Coast Kennedy. Lacroix to the rest who cares Carlton uh, Bell White Armfield and Jones all uh, hit the scoreboard and uh, two, the two super goals were Wood and Tui so um, it was pretty scrappy um, a couple of you guys didn't actually see that game did you? No um, no, no I didn't I got to know Foxtel it, it was it, it wasn't pretty. Uh, it was a it was a strong Fremantle doctor blowing, and our skills were appalling for the most part for probably two and a half quarters. And um, 
we did well. I think we did well to actually only lose by 31 points, frankly. But West Coast were only missing um, uh, Nat Newey, Nelwood, uh, Selwood, um, and um, I think one other that I can think of, one of the defenders. But Jack, uh, Ka- sorry, Jack Darling didn't play either. Yeah, so we were missing probably half of our best 22. Well, we're, we're including seven of our best this week, aren't we? So that just speaks volumes, and that's not even everyone from our best 22 coming in. Yeah, and we look, we've copped a bit of a bashing uh, around the football community, around the traps, around the main board of Big Footy, especially as uh, that, that performance being reflective of where we're at. And, uh, you know, I, it's it's pretty unfair. Yeah. And, uh, I, th- I think it was, um, was it... Uh, Cameron Mooney went to bat for us and said that that was unfair to actually judge us based on the, based on that game. It's a pre-season game, lots of outs. Uh, it was just a bit of a uh, bit of a hit out, really. Yeah, it was uh, West Coast's uh, second second decent hit out as well. I don't think they played in the uh, indige- yeah. Indigenous All Stars match as well. So. Uh, very true. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's, everything was stacked against us, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you know what they say: March premiers, April fools. So <laughs> we're trying <laughs> to avoid that. Um, Shared dog, you watched the game. Um, who do you uh, who do you think did well for us? Um, well, look of the the newer guys, um, the ones everyone were really looking out for. I think the standout was uh, was your boy Yarksh. Yarksh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he he looked really solid down back. Actually, um, d- didn't really see him put a foot wrong. Um, I'm not sure who he was playing on the whole match. Uh, to be honest, but um, it, yeah, he, he just looked, all of them had a well, he, was, <laughs> he was just in the defensive fifty on his own, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he was quite good. Um, he looked composed, like he belonged out there. You know what I mean? So that's that's a tick straight up for him coming across for us. I mean, we knew he can play, but to get a good performance like that was great. Um, first up, did, didn't make our best. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. Um, he did get a write-up, mentioned in the write-up, uh, I think, as well. as uh, He did okay or something like that, I mean, which is quite high praise, I guess, for us. Um, yeah, and um, I guess the other young guys, Tom Fields actually down back, um, he looked like he has a bit of something to offer, actually, and, and nice big left boot. He was kicking into the wind the first quarter. Uh, everyone else was finding it hard to kick over a jam tin, and he was still getting quite a bit of distance on him, which was good. Um uh, yeah, so the other ones that everyone's, I guess, really interested in, uh, like Clem Smith and um, and Blaine Bokhorst, both uh, showed little signs of bits and pieces of, uh, like, you know, why we recruited them, I think. There was um, good hard tackling and pressure from Clem Smith, although he didn't really quite get into the game so too much. And uh, Bokhorst was definitely not afraid of a, the contest for a um, fairly slight sort of guy and did do a nice uh, little dash down the wing and... Um, was creative, so yeah, really good signs from them. I was a little disappointed that um, uh, DVR uh, VOJ Rainbow he only came on I think in the second half as a sub and didn't really manage to to get into the game at all. Um, and yeah, I guess Liam Jones it's kind of a mixed bag from him. Um, he attacked the ball pretty well in the as a forward, but none of our forwards got any sort of decent service at all. So um, he did compete well at, at ground level too. I'd say I was I was fairly happy with that. So all in all, for a first hit out, um, some good signs. Some people with that uh, would have been nice if they had have put on a better show, but still it's the first nab challenge match, I, I guess. Yeah, um, 
my, my question for you, obviously I didn't watch it, is uh, regarding Jones. Um, you said he, he hit the contest hard. Did he look like he uh, struggled like um, after it didn't work for him first up to go back in, or was he just constantly at it all day? Because um, after seeing him at BFL level, I've just got some concerns about his um, mental application. I'd really hope to see, to see him get over it and just hope it was a problem he had with the doggies. Yeah, look, we um, we didn't get the ball down forward too much, to be honest with you. We had very few inside 50s. Um, and so I guess it was kind of hard to see, especially with the pathetic camera work that was happening in that um, uh, that game. It was horrible. I think people have already seen me complain about it on the boards. But, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell whether or not he was really working hard behind the scenes or anything. Yeah. Um, but I definitely didn't notice that. So uh, yep. I guess that's a good good thing, I suppose, unless I'm just completely oblivious. No, that's fair uh, enough. It w- would be hard to tell from a televised game, but I just thought because I didn't see anything. Um, yeah, he had he, he had three tackles, which is not bad for a tall forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he, I, my my impression was that he was he w- was working fairly hard. Um, you know, you don't want to spend, spend too much energy in a preseason game like that, um, chasing fruitlessly out of defence. Um, you save a little, keep a little bit in the tank, but he certainly wasn't dropping his head. It was, it wasn't a Fev esque sort of thing where he uh, yeah. sat there and said, "I'm not going to try." He did, he did, he did give it a whirl. My only, my only um, query over him was that uh, I felt he dropped a couple of marks he should have taken. Yeah, that's um, um, yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to bring up. Is um, I've seen him drop the drop a couple of sitters, and then his head drops a bit, and he'll drop even more and. So, no, no, no. It takes him a little while to get back into it. No, um, no. He he he, he dropped one. He, he should have taken, and he and he um, uh, he dove in and uh, and negated the well, contest straight yeah, after. No, that's so, right, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. No. Yeah, because I wasn't sure because obviously uh, it looked like he was having a bit of trouble while he was at the dogs. Whether that would be affecting his game. So whether I saw a reflection of that on the field at BFL level, or he actually did have the confidence issues. Yeah. I think I did remember um, being pleased, uh, noticing that he was going up for marks with the hands out as well, yeah. um, which was good. Um, some of the some of the good players for us, and it's good to see Zach Tui. We seem to be back in some sort of form. He yeah. had a pretty ordinary year last year, but he was uh, he was he did very very well. Um, uh, Tommy Bell um, probably look, he's he's. Like a magnet, uh, like a ball magnet these days, and uh, he just knows where to run. He doesn't have the speed, but he's just charging full on into the ball, taking the ball with him every time. But the problem is, he's getting his hands to the ball more than I remember. But uh, his decision making is still pretty terrible. If, if he could, if he could actually take the, you know, sum things up and take the right option, um, th- this, you know, that boy would be close to best and fairest for us. He's uh, he'd be in our side every week, but it's just his. Uh, Decision making and occasional skill lapses that uh, let him down. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, Ed Kerno started the year quite well again, you know, gut running and, and uh, you know just the effort. Um, I, I liked a few touches from um, Patrick Cripps, um, and, and Chris Yaron was he was he was the, the class out there. Yeah, he looked at a level above everyone else, to be honest. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, you know, some were, some were a bit slow to get off the mark. You know, uh, Kate Simpson had a bit of an off game, in my opinion. Um, Sam Doherty um, had a bit of an off game. Yep. Um, not really much else to write home about, was there? Um, Kaz, Kaz was pretty strong in the contest, took a couple of decent marks as well, as did Wood, actually. Yeah, a quiet game by uh, by Rowie back there, but he was playing on Kennedy, wasn't he? 
most of it, half of it. Yeah, and he was the uh, Kennedy was really the only forward in the uh, the whole match who was any good. Got some decent delivery, took marks and kicked his goals. So good for him, I suppose. Now, now it wasn't a day for tall forwards, as we know. Kennedy's the only one that that that, that shone. But um, uh, Matthew Watson was the player subbed out for um, uh, Skittles to come in, um, and uh, he had a fair to say he had a dirty day. Yeah, uh, so, so on the back of that uh, that entry club, it just shows you know it's it's you're only a week away from sort of you know the doubts returning sort of thing. So he's he's still got a bit of bit of work to do, but uh, you know on decent fields uh, when you don't have the Fremantle doctor knocking you over. Uh, yeah, see we'll see him bounce back this week, I reckon. All right, uh, I think we'll have a look at the pre-game pep talk. On Sunday, Carlton ventured down to the Queen Elizabeth Oval at Bendigo, I'm led to believe, uh, to take on Collingwood. I don't remember taking on Collingwood in a pre a preseason game very often. It's usually some we usually play them early in the year, so we seem to want to keep uh, hold a little bit back to build the excitement for that. But um, that's that's quite interesting. Um, Carlton have brought in a few of their Guns, um, Bryce Gibbs is back, Michael Jamison, Lockie Henderson, Andrew Carazzo, and Johnny. Um, and uh, but Mark Murphy is uh, is still out with a strained calf, so uh, we we probably won't see him until round one. Still missing, obviously, Cruiser, Walker, and uh, somebody else. Um, <laughs> um, players like Bokers, uh, Smith, Matthew Dick, Christian. Yaksh and uh, Jason Tutt uh, keep their place in the side so uh, I'm not sure if that's a squad and there's some to be cut but um, at least we should have a little bit of structure a little bit of leadership back um, and um, should give a reasonable account of ourselves uh, and fine tune our game for the season proper. And yeah we'll get to see the uh, the dynamic duo down back, Jamison and Rowie. Ah yes. Set to dominate. Yeah. Rowie. 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 Yeah. Um, any expectations out of this game? Uh, I just we're playing Collingwood, so I want to win, even if it is a preseason game. Um, just on that, we don't play Collingwood much in the preseason. Wasn't the first year or so that where they brought in the the three round robin at the start of the NAB Cup? Didn't we play Richmond and Collingwood straight up? I think that's the last Correct. time we played them in the preseason. So that was a few years ago. Um, <sighs> I can't remember. Yeah, I remember watching that one on TV. But uh, yeah, I, I, I hope we win um, just because it's Collingwood, but it's pre-season so results really don't matter. I just want to see the team start to really work together and you know, blow, blow some cobwebs off really. Good to see Henderson back out there. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I actually think I'm not so worried about the result on Sunday either. I just want us to um, get a few more games um, under the young kids' belts. It'll be good to see you know, Jard and Henderson and Jamo and and Gibbsy and the other guys that have come in. So um, I know I know Collingwood have got a, a few of their decent players back as well. So um, results this time of year mean nothing. I mean, Hawthorne are zero and two. They're clearly not too worried. So as long as we can, you know, get, you know, fine-tune mix uh, game plan and, and get ready for round one for Richmond, um, that's really all I'm, I'm looking at. 
Uh, results mean a little bit to Eddie McChins, don't they? Uh, <laughs> Apparently. So, yeah, yeah. Saying that uh, Collingwood, uh, they seem to be going a little bit on a go slow with their memberships, just starting to pick back up again. And uh, the bet, the perfect tonic for that would be um, for Collingwood to go out and belt Carlton uh, on Sunday, which is a bit strange for a pre-season game to get a little bit carried away like that. But uh, it's all about his ego, I guess. Yeah. The, the thing for me uh, is I think it's going to be good to watch two midfields go against each other because Collingwood's got a, you know, a lot of their decent players in there, Swan and um, Pendles are named in the squad and everything. So it'd be good to see how our guys, especially Cripps, go with some sort of maybe bigger and um, well-experienced bodies in there. Um, so, it'd be, yeah, it'd be really interesting. Just hoping no injuries, of course. That's about it, really. Oh, yeah, please. All right. Um, yeah. There's no, no sense in any predictions. Uh, we predict uh, just finding a little bit of form and who cares what happens after that. I, I can't win. <laughs> what, what, I, what, ten goals? Yeah, ten goals. There you go. Yeah. I was trying to remember if it was, it was 10 or 11. But yeah, ten goals. Can't win by ten goals. Done. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go around the grounds. Uh, yeah, around the grounds. This is HBF's baby. Um, as, as I told you last last time, he insisted on this. If it falls flat, you can blame him. Um, <laughs> just, just, just inbox him on Big Footy. Tell him what a pathetic idea it was. <clears throat> but um, what's happening around the grounds, HBF? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, look, I I um I talked about Essen last week, so I think I might. Um, it's the gift give that keeps on giving. Look, look, it is, it is, but I, I think I might, um, I think I might give them a miss this week. I'd, I'd actually, how about we have a chat about one of our past players, Jared Wade, and and his performance that he he put in um, against Hawthorne last weekend. Uh, look, I, I must admit, I, I didn't see the game, uh, but apparently he kicked a few goals and, and did some nice things. Um, got himself reported, but um, was the charges thrown out um, the next day or something? So I'm not sure if. You guys actually saw the game, or or what happened there? Just maybe some thoughts on his uh, form in March, maybe. Jared oh. Wade, who's Jared Wade again? Um, <laughs> good day to me, Jared. You're dead. I, 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 I th- th- think his form in March is hopefully that little taste that he's going to give them that he always gave us every single year. <laughs> um, yeah, just just to let them down a little. Uh, don't don't wish him. You know, any any ill, but I just don't wish him any luck. Well said. Yeah, about sums it up. I didn't watch the game either. Um, he, he only kicked, did he kick three? Three? I'm not sure. And um, and some people thought he was lucky to get off uh, that um, that charge. Others thought it was, you know, oh, it, it, an accident. So. Yeah, it, it looked like a general accident. He, well, well, well yeah. okay. He, you he put sh- a Carlton, shouldn't have done it, but you know. <laughs> you put you put a Carlton jumper on it. Oh yeah, on he, him, he, he would have got weeks. Yeah, yeah. Here we got weeks, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We got weeks to be playing community for service us. as well. Yeah. But you know, North, you know, North Melbourne, they need all the help they can get. <laughs> well, I do actually think it was deliberate because I think Jared Waits that kind of player who, yeah. who uh, is very good at um, throwing an arm here, throwing an elbow there. Uh, uh, um, I thought it looked like he was going to go for the ball when he realised he couldn't. He got frustrated because he was getting beaten. Yeah, and you know how I know he does that? It's because I reckon I used to do stuff like that yeah, as well. Yeah. So the, the, I know the, how his brain works. Yeah, the, the, con- the contact was barely there, but, you know, the thought was, was yeah. process was in behind it, and that's about all. I did see a couple of uh, the, the quarters, I think, from that match, and he, he did look okay. Um, 
if he does fight them for them, it, it, it is going to be a good pickup. I do think North is actually going to do quite well this season. A lot of people have poo-pooed that idea, as we've heard before. But uh, if he stays on the park, and we used to say that all the time as well, if he stays on the park for them, then uh, they're going to do pretty well. Well, if, if, North, if North Melbourne have a good week, um, all their players can go and celebrate together at the over-28s. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's around the grounds. It was a little bit like last time. HBF, well, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to jump in here and defend HBF and say it will be at this time of year. Not much is happening. <laughs> hey, hey, I've got to get my kicks in while I can. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to enjoy talking about it, especially like I've got Collingwood to finish like you know bottom six. So I'm going to enjoy talking about that every week. It's Collingwood watch. Yeah, happy <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on Collingwood Nesson and watch, and yeah, you'll you'll hear me sink the boots in every week. That's what we yes. should do next week. Our big predictions for the year. Ooh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll think about those during the week. Okay, uh, nobody's got anything else to add. Um, I think we'll leave it there. Um, thanks for joining me again, Shandog. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Thank you, happy dude. You're welcome. And thank you, HBF. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Oh, look, and uh, it was a uh, it was it was nice night, succinct, serious football conversation. Um, just Problem just with the boys. Solved. Just with the boys. Um, no, we miss you, girls. Yeah, the boys. The boys not in. <laughs> <laughs> just jokes, girls. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>